All right, we are recording. Today I have on Militiitis. He is a software engineer and computer vision researcher. He started programming when he was 15 years old. He moved into computer vision and machine learning. 2.5 years ago, he published his first scientific paper titled Autonomous OCR Dictating Systems for Blind People, which helps with image recognition and reading texts for people who otherwise could not. At 21, he founded Philosophy Behind Coding, and now he's preparing for a PhD in the United Kingdom in software, or excuse me, in computer science. So, Militiitis, thank you for coming on today. My pleasure, my pleasure. So, I usually start off with this question. I think you're gonna like it. Uh, <laughs> what is the most important thing, or most exciting thing you're working on right now, why is that? Okay, so right now we are in, my, in a transition period. I'm trying to finish my bachelor in Aristotle University uh, about electrical and computer engineer that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to go to the next step and go for a PhD uh, in computer vision machine learning. So uh, at the same time, I'm trying to work with uh, a course that I'm trying to build in machine learning about machine learning and uh, at, the, at the same time uh, I'm working with philosophy behind coding and some research but I think that I keep the best of it for my actual PhD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what type of research are you planning on getting into for your PhD? Is this the same thing image recognition or some, some variant on image recognition or what exactly are you getting into? Okay, uh, I guess that we need to start from, uh, first of all, image processing is not uh, uh, Photoshop that uh, most of people believe that it is. It is the field that try to make sense of an image. So we take as input images or videos and we try to understand what it is behind an image or behind a video. So if you think uh, for a robot that has a camera, uh, you have the ability to give to the robot a vision, you have the ability to give him something to see, but if you don't have an algorithm that understands this video and tells the robot what to do depending on the video, you don't have actually nothing. So you need to combine the input of a video and at the same time a really good algorithm that's created from someone that knows computer vision that can understand and tells what to do. And all this can be combined and be even more interesting when you work with machine learning. Machine learning is something that we hear a lot recently mm -hmm. and you can work with machine learning in medicine, in computer vision, robotics and so on and so forth. But in computer vision, you, it is the idea of not only create a hard-coded algorithm that can do something really specific, but to see the video like uh, someone, like a little kid that uh, for the first time he sees something, he sees uh, uh, a cube, mm -hmm. and he tries to understand what is a cube, what is a banana, what is this really simple and vague uh, objects mm -hmm. and the idea is to combine computer vision mm -hmm. and machine learning in order to start the, uh, for the robot for the system to learn to understand the world from zero this is this is one of the ideas that 
I I'm thinking to work in my PhD. Of course, there are several others. That sounds pretty math intensive. Uh, that's, <laughs> yes. that's, that's intense. Um, are you, are you, before we get into philosophy behind coding, how you started that, I do have one question about that. Are you one of the researchers that actually designs those computer algorithms or are you more putting together the work of people that have already designed them to make that system that, that does the machine learning? Really, really good questions because uh, because this is a distinction and uh, it is of course easier to just uh, take bits and pieces. Many programmers, not only computer vision, but in generally programming, work like a Lego, like Lego boxes. Mm -hmm. With uh, they work uh, with black boxes that you know that a function can do something. Mm -hmm. So you combine many functions in order to do something specific. Mm -hmm. I am more of hardcore programmer that I'm trying to build everything for myself mm -hmm. and try to invent the wheel. Mm -hmm. my, my professor, I'm getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> my professor um, started me from when I was a little, uh, when I was 15 years old, mm -hmm. to be a hardcore programmer. So he didn't taught me how to swap variables or how to uh, take an array and, uh, and sort this array. He told me just to find a way to sort an array. So I had to, uh, I had to buy uh, whiteboards and start to do <laughs> ideas, math, uh, many, many days and weeks on searching stuff in order to invent from the start how to sort an array. So this was something that, and this was a hardcore training that helped me to, and uh, and learn and I learned with these techniques to understand and love research because yeah. when you work in research, you need to create something from scratch in order to be uh, uh, new, in order to be, in order to create something innovative. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That sounds like the opposite of most, you know, coding at least training courses. Uh, for people now, that's interesting. I don't. I think it'd be hard to even find someone that would suggest that type of instruction, at least on the, end, the internet. Yeah. I was so lucky. I have to say that mm -hmm. this 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 professor taught me anything, and it is not. And this is something that we will talk about about philosophy and coding. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to teach uh, a programming language. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to do the exact opposite. I'm trying to build and teach you the algorithmic way of thinking. So mm -hmm. how to take any programming language and uh, take any program and try to find uh, the solution. Not about the programming language, but about the actual problem and how to use a programming language like a tool in order to get you what you want to be. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. I think in the ideal world, that's how all, all computer scientists would uh, would operate. But that's that's definitely difficult. Yes, um, of course, that's that's great though. So I guess we'll just jump into philosophy behind coding. So you're saying that you know you want people to understand that there's logic and there's an actual system behind all these languages and libraries and functions and tools that you know, modern programmers are given. Is that, that, is that the only reason you created philosophy behind coding or what else, what was your broad vision for the channel? Okay, uh, first of all, 
the name starts from there the same is uh, the name is philosophy behind coding and i try to give you the idea that you try to find the philosophy behind uh, the programming the coding and all that stuff and it was uh, an idea that i had to start and try to uh, teach to people how to program differently mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to go to the next level and scale what uh, I already d- uh, do in Greece uh, I tried to teach many students about programming I had uh, I did many lessons to to people around uh, 19 to 22 years old mm-hmm. uh, that uh, are in the university and wanted to go to the next level uh, but I thought that I want to go to the next level and teach to people all around the world. But at the same time, I wanted to uh, not give my time one to one. So if I want to teach one person, I need to give two two hours of my time in order to in order to for someone to learn. On the other hand, when you create a course, when you create something for someone to consume. You, you give about 20, 40, one week or months mm-hmm. in order to build the course. Mm-hmm. And, from, and, and after that, everyone can take this course, uh, thousands of students, mm-hmm. without, uh, without, your, your, uh, without you uh, teaching to every one of them. This is, this is a scalable model in contrast to what I did in the past. Yeah, definitely. But... Uh, at the same time, it is more about the goal of this company because when you want to when you want to build something uh, in programming, most of the people they start with C++ for example, which is a difficult language. For example, I started with C++, and uh, you start to learn everything about if for loops, pointers, arrays, and all that stuff, and you start to feel like you had the ability. To create something, you know that you you know the ninety percent of the language, mm-hmm. but when you take the program, you can't make everything work to work together in order to have a solution in order to have something that actually works. So I'm trying to sift all this idea and uh, give you only uh, one tool at a time. So for example, I give you only variables. And I try to go to a really deep level with problems that involve math, with problems that involve algorithmic way of thinking, only with variables. Mm-hmm. In, order to, in order to really understand variables, for example, then I give you the idea of if statement and why you want if statement in order to go a step further. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a structure that I wanted to build in order to give a completely di- a different idea for the viewer, and this is uh, a difficulty that I have right now because I'm trying to build a machine learning course, which is 1,000 steps further for from Python and Java, and uh, I want to I want to give you this simple idea and this algorithmic way of thinking in this really difficult and technical part, which is machine learning. Mm. So we try to, we try to transform these ideas into this field. Mm. That's interesting. I just interviewed someone who does 
uh, prepares people for consulting interviews. And he was saying that one of the biggest things is people just try to practice these case studies, you know, kind of like people will try to do these programming problems and they don't break it down into these sub sub skills, these micro skills within, you know, doing the case, the whole case. Great. And it's uh, that seems very similar to what you're saying with, you know, 100%. doing every type of problem you can with a variable, doing every, you know, one one concept at a time and seeing how it can be used and then combining it with the mathematics and logic. Yes, this is the, this is the main idea. Yes. And uh, you, you need to give me his email. <laughs> this is yeah. we have exactly the same uh, the same ideas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, be, I, I see that as well. I recently uh, started learning. Uh, programming and I went through a very high-end um, course that was designed to get people ready for uh, industry programming and it didn't get much in the computer science and now I'm in a computer science program and I'm having to go back and try to learn all the, the math discrete math and uh, yes. it's totally yeah it's like totally missed out on it so it's really difficult to find uh, a professor and even di more difficult to find a course mm -hmm. that can teach you something like that because most of the courses just go to the classical route, which is how to teach you a programming language, mm -hmm. how to do everything that this programming language can offer. And this is, and this is something that it is, it is logical and this is something that uh, an already, and someone that already knows programming is something that he wants. If you already know algorithmic way of thinking mm -hmm. for Python, it is really easy to go to C++. So you can take one of these courses and really easily transform your way of thinking into C++, into Java, and so on. This, these ideas is especially for someone that right now try to understand programming and right now start to combine computer science with math and how exactly to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that the the way of thinking mathematically for computer computer science. It's just I have yet to find one person that found it intuitive. So yes, it is it is difficult, and I think that right now, after so many years, I think that something that don't people say really often is that don't all math, all uh, fields, uh, all different fields uh, in the math uh, community needs in uh, uh, during your programming career. You will need really specific fields. Mm -hmm. So I think that it will be a really good idea for a course. <laughs> and I didn't thought that, so really good, really good ideas that uh, to create a course that can tell you what exactly, what exactly uh, you need from math mm -hmm. and how to combine it with programming and I think that this will be something that can help people to to get the hang of how to combine these two so you mean like fill in those gaps someone who might just be a programmer has without having to take an entire you know, yes like for example for degree. machine learning you need uh, uh, vectors you need arrays and all that stuff not uh, programming matrices but the idea of mathematical arrays and this is extremely important so most of machine learning courses they start by teaching you the basics about math so uh, I'm trying to to, to 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 think how I can take a step back and try to understand what and how and for what reason you need math in this course and what is the best way to 
to convey these ideas to a student because some students uh, they don't want or they don't uh, because of uh, of uh, financial situations they don't go to university mm -hmm. so they don't have the background so a simple crash course to vectors and arrays are not enough to some to to some students mm -hmm. so you need to find a way to teach a field to someone that don't know anything uh, but at the same time to be interesting and intuitive mm. yeah yeah i think luckily now there are a lot of courses coming out that are pretty pretty good i'll have to send i'll link in these but i know at the top of my head metis metis uh is a data science training company they have a prep course that's really good and uh, fastai.com is a uh they have a course deep deep learning for coders that goes into uh you know examples with libraries and then later in the course telling people how to get into the algorithm development and creating their own libraries so i'll think really cool. yeah I'll, really I'll think the them. community yes. yes yes yeah because it's it is difficult you know depending on your background something like machine learning uh if you don't have those libraries to work with it's like starting from the ground up is pretty daunting yes it is um so back to you philosophy behind coding was what was the point in your life what was going on when you decided to start it uh, and why did you make that decision? Okay, um, first of all, first of all uh, for after about when I was 18 years old, after my first or second year in university, I was sure that I will become a researcher mm -hmm. because I had the training and at the same time, I love the idea. And for that reason, I started working with uh, my professor in, uh, in the publication that... Um, uh, you told about. Uh, after that, I thought that uh, I wanted to go a step further uh, and work with uh, students and work with students in a scale, as I already told you. But I wasn't, I wasn't sure, and I didn't had the idea of an entrepreneur and what exactly it means to have a business and what exactly it means to create something and create a digital. Uh, a digital uh, business. So it was just an idea of uh, teaching people and uh, letting them understand what uh, programming and computer science means. I didn't have the idea of uh, teaching about machine learning, computer vision, not uh, um, or inspiring people on YouTube with the uh, vlogs and all these things came later. The only idea was to build something. I love to build something new. Uh, even this is an algorithm that can uh, create something or help people. Even this, uh, or if this is uh, something that it is a digital business, if, you, if I can say that. So this was really just you having that desire to be building things. And this, this is just another expression of that, basically build something useful for people. Yes, yes. I, I guess that this was one more time that I was lucky because I just wanted to, 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 to build something for the community. And after that, it came the philosophy behind coding, the idea and all these different uh, stages and fields that, that, that we have right now. Mm-hmm. And I see also, so on the topic of building and helping students, I see that you did a, it was a Udemy course, it looks like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Was that before or after this? And why did you decide to create that? Okay. Uh, first of all, we started with uh, just YouTube videos. Okay. Uh, and we tried to create um, animations that uh, teach programming, teach the philosophy of programming and all that stuff. But after that, we, we find out uh, really fast that uh, you need to respect the platform. So mm -hmm. when you are on YouTube, people want to see something really fast. They need to be inspired or sometimes, of course, they want to see a course or learn something. But I find out that it is even better to create a course, someone that is specified for courses, which is Udemy or other, or other platforms for courses, because the student already has the mindset in order to be taught something. So mm -hmm. I start to, uh, me and my team, after a while, we start to separate these two things. For YouTube, uh, we try to create something that can inspire people and uh, inspire them to work harder, to program and all that stuff. And from Udemy to build uh, courses that can take you for, from A to Z to a specific topic. And for that reason, we, we choose uh, Python, Java and C++ to, to create courses there. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense, definitely, respecting the platform and what content is native to each one, um, instead of just trying to put a course up on YouTube. That, that makes sense. Yeah, people definitely usually don't come to YouTube just for long-form long, long instructional, so. Yes, they just want to <clears throat> learn something really fast. They just want to learn uh, how, how one array is uh, coded in C++ or how you can swap to variables and, and you will leave. You don't want to see something from start to finish most of the time. Mm. No, that definitely that definitely is true. So you created those two courses. You have you have your YouTube channel, which is now primarily inspirational, with some of the shorter form uh, instructional. Where do you see philosophy behind coding going? Are you planning on expanding the team? What sort of other courses or products are you guys going to offer? Where do you where do you see it going in the next five? five years or so. Okay. Uh, the, the ideas for, for the future are always uh, something that I really love, but are, most of the time are too much. So um, the first idea, right now we are about uh, eight people in philosophy mm -hmm. and building. We are a really small team that working good in, uh, in these different departments. So depending on what we want to build, uh, we talk with people and uh, take more and more people, but we don't have a specific plan for how many people we want to hire and what we want to do in this department. On the other hand, we have some ideas about uh, building uh, applications mm -hmm. because we are already in the programming department, so it is really easy to, uh, to bring a team of programmers all together and start building. We have right now two ideas for apps. And at the same time, uh, I had uh, I want to uh, to to continue uh, working in my PhD because many people right now that philosophy behind coding uh, start to to have a, a relative success. I guess uh, they told me to stop my university degree or don't go for a PhD and go straight to Silicon Valley in order to get a funding for the company or for the application ideas. Mm -hmm. But I want to 
to continue my uh, my PhD because the first goal for myself was to become a researcher. But right now, I try to combine both because I want to create a research company that can produce content, can produce uh, courses, create applications, and most important of all, which is the fourth one, is to create research. And mm-hmm. uh, I want to, and this is uh, about five, seven, ten years down the road, so this is too much, but the main idea is to uh, to bring uh, researchers together that are interested in robotics, machine learning, computer vision, and build something innovative, something completely new. Actually, do research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting, though, because having all those peripheral product lines and service lines, you know, take care of one of the biggest issues in research, which is the funding. It's like that is the biggest issue in research, and. It's kind of interesting that the same model, uh, you know, most private companies use isn't isn't used more. I guess I'm not sure how it is in Greece, but in the U.S., research is largely government funded, and they 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 pay quite a bit. And then the biggest universities, it's you know the alumni and their endowment. Um, but that's interesting to create product lines and, and yes. services to support your research. Yes, because I'm trying to, right now. I'm trying to build the knowledge for, uh, from my PhD, and at the same time, I'm trying to build a strong foundation, mm-hmm. and then the research. So yes, this is this is the idea. Of course, I don't know someone that did something like that. Of course, uh, we can find some examples, but the idea is that I don't know if this will actually work mm-hmm. or if we will go somewhere else. Uh, and uh, frankly, the idea is to just do the journey and I'm sure that we will go somewhere that it will be interesting, it will be beneficial for both the company and the community because the important part is to help the community always. Yeah, no, definitely. It definitely it definitely is, especially that type of research is going to be you know super valuable for everyone. And it seems like that already happens indirectly too. You know, any big company like Google has their own research divisions and then, you know, the school they came out of Stanford, I'm sure their endowment got plenty of donations from Google. Um, so it happens indirectly, but it's, it's cool to see that you're thinking of doing that, uh, you know, and just taking the responsibility as an individual to make it happen. It's interesting. Um, so, okay. You talked about where you're going with the company. So, I guess that that decision to stay in as a researcher, because there's a lot of people who want to be content creators or they already are as professionals. Uh, you know, people have full-time jobs, they're doing it on the side. And I've talked to a number of creators that are on that tightrope they're walking where they're not sure if they should go all in because a lot of them really do like, you know, their professions. They had vision for that side of their life as well. How do you think about that? And do you think that'll ever change in the future? You'll say, I'm just going to be a full-time entrepreneur. Uh, <clears throat> this is uh, something that as I already told you, many people told me to do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I tried to, to, to do something different instead of uh, using the, uh, the payment that right now the, the company has from YouTube, Udemy and all these different uh, sources. Uh, instead of using for myself and uh, stop university, I'm trying to outsource all the work because yeah. I need to concentrate to 
research and in general to my studies. So uh, for that reason, I, I achieved to build a team from a from so low standpoint because right now uh, it, is, it is a really small company, of course, with uh, a small amount of subscribers and all that stuff. But uh, I think that the idea right now for me is to use all these, uh, to, to, to use all these resources in order to build something that can support the company with me with me as uh with me as little as possible if this is something that makes sense because yeah. i need to continue uh, my studies for at least three more years and after uh, my phd there is the possibility that i will do a postdoc so i need to do the exact opposite uh if i go uh and start being a, being a youtuber or a content creator in general I will basically stop my studies. And this is something that I don't want to do because I always see the final goal, which is, okay, it is eight or 10 years down the road, but I think that it's something that it's viable. And I think that this can happen uh, if I succeed not to drop out of my PhD for the, for the other three years that coming. Yes. Yeah. That is exciting. It's definitely, definitely uh, more challenging, I think, but that is very exciting. Yes. You talk about outsourcing. That's something I would say the majority of creators would like to know more about. I feel like there's very few people who are as good at outsourcing as they would like to be. So what are some of the things that have worked for you in terms of recruiting partners or friends or contractors? How do you do that? And what does that look like for philosophy? Okay, this is something that actually, I didn't know someone that did it. And when I tried, when I had the idea, most of people told me that this is not even possible yeah. and, and just continue editing. But I had the idea that I can work with, uh, right now, I already told you the, um, this, the the level of, uh, of 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 my company of my YouTube channel are relatively low, I guess. So I don't have the the, the payment of a big YouTuber, which we all know that can support uh, easily to do uh, outsourcing. Mm -hmm. So I thought the idea of um, working with people. Uh, from places that uh, make sense economically because I am from uh, uh, I, th I thought the idea first that uh, They need to have the the correct currency in order for the translation to to work out and be beneficial for both of us mm -hmm. so I work with people from uh, Filipinas or from India that uh, that the Yes, the, the translation of, of currencies is beneficial for both of us because mm -hmm. if, if I try to, to work with an editor from, uh, from USA or from uh, UK, my company will be, <laughs> will <Bankrupt>. be out <laughs> bankrupt for a month or something. Yes. So this was the first idea. Yeah. After that, I thought that um, instead of going to a website that can provide me with uh, people, I thought that I have a pretty good following uh, from Instagram and I thought that I can uh, make an Instagram story 
to just ask if someone wants to work with us, if someone already knows us, because this was this has two benefits. Mm -hmm. The first one is that you help your own community, and the second one is that the people that will work with you already love your content, already are involved with your content. Because if they watch your story, it means that already watch your YouTube videos, your stories, they are involved in your community. Yeah. So I start working with um, great people that already love the idea of philosophy behind coding, embrace the culture because this is really important for us because I don't, we don't want to just create content, but we want to create different content. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was the idea of creating something that can, uh, that can be uh, powerful and at the same time can work on itself because sometimes uh, I don't have time to work in the company Mm -hmm. For example, in my past year in my university, uh, I had to finish with uh, many courses in order to have the ability to go to to UK for a PhD. Because in Greece, in Greece, the system is I think that it is different from the system uh, that, that I watch from UK uh, or USA. We have uh, courses. We have uh, seven and seven courses in the two semesters, but you have the ability to not pass any of your exams, any of your courses. <laughs> yes, and yeah. at the same time, you have the ability to pass 20 courses at, uh, at the same time, which is insane, it is not yeah. possible, but you have the ability. Yeah. So, uh, if you make the math, I, I, I create and uh, I develop a business during my studies, and I develop uh, my paper during my studies. Mm -hmm. So this means that I had to uh, not work in my university for months. Uh, and uh, without way, I lost many courses. This was not a problem, but sometimes this makes you finish your university instead of five years, which is the minimum for Greece, mm -hmm. to six, seven, eight years sometimes. The average is seven years, oh, I wow. think. Yes, it's, wow. it's insane. But That's it's another so long. Month. I know. Yeah. This is uh, this is something that, for example, right now we will go with my sister at the same time to UK. Uh, my sister will go for a bachelor and I will go for a PhD. Mm -hmm. My sister will go also to electrical computer engineering. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see the, the strategy and the path for my sister, which is three years university, one year uh, master, three years uh, PhD. And this approximately how many years it takes someone from my university to finish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in my in my previous semester, I had to finish. I had to give seventeen courses in only one semester, and uh, which is about uh, one and a half years yeah. in only six months. Yeah. Of course, most of my most of uh, my friends told me that this is impossible, but uh, and for that reason, I had to stop philosophy behind coding. But at the same time, and I'm come again to to the team. We had a so uh, we had a strong team that uh, could uh, continue philosophy behind coding. And if you try to see months that we post courses or YouTube videos, you will not see that. I'm not there and I don't work for six whole months in the company because oh, wow. I did a lot of work at summer and my whole team work during uh, in these six months to, to build all this content, edit and 
animate and all that stuff in order to wow. the company to actually continue working. Yeah. So uh, this is the, the, the idea to not only to outsource your editing, because most of the, um, uh, you can think that uh, I have the money and uh, I can just outsource the editing because I don't want to edit. Mm -hmm. The idea is to build, to build a strong foundation in your company if you want to, to say that you have a company. And uh, for that reason, for example, when I hire someone to create the editing for my vlogs, mm -hmm. I wanted to create a really specific uh, style. Mm -hmm. So I took someone that didn't know anything about uh, editing. He didn't uh, ever touch uh, Sony Vegas or anything like that. And I taught him from zero uh, to 10, everything about editing and then everything about my style because I want him, I wanted him to create something that was the same exact on what I will produce if I created the same, the same uh, editing for these videos, for the videos. Oh, wow. So you, you found this, this was one of, uh, an audience member of yours that you then trained up from scratch. Uh, the, the eight, uh, the eight members that we are right now, they are all members from my audience. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, some of them, uh, I taught them, some of them, uh, other members taught them. I'm sorry for that, but it is, uh, it is a process that, uh, we, we don't hire someone that already know editing already know animation, but we try to teach them in order to create these, uh, this um, connection and at the same time create something that uh, is uh, is exactly what we want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you'd recommend that strategy then to any content creators if they can find people, you know, either in the right country or at the right skill level where it makes sense economically, you'd recommend getting yes. people from your audience. Yes. Some people told me that it is a waste of time to, teach uh, to someone how to edit you can just find someone that can edit but it is not only the connection but it is something that uh, uh, it is it is it is worthwhile from an economical standpoint because uh, it, it will take you about uh, three four five six sessions in order to teach him how to do it from scratch uh, and from now on you will not have to edit so this is something that not, not only in the long run, but after one month or one and a half month, it will be already beneficial economically and uh, time-based for your time management. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, and you get a low-priced editor and they learn a very specific skill, so that's pretty good. But at the same time, this is something that it is really good for their currency, for their country. Yes. So yeah. it's it beneficial for both of you. Yeah. And this is the important part. The important part is to be uh, what you were building to be really good for the community for you for someone that work for you it needs to be beneficial for everyone yes yeah yeah that's no that's what i mean that skill too is they're getting taught editing on oh, the yes. job which is great um of course so for for the business build i only have a couple more questions too for the business building part of philosophy behind coding were there any resources, you know, blogs, books, courses, or mentors specifically that you used or you'd recommend? Okay. Uh, 
first, when you try to build a business and when you try to work with editing, animation and uh, recording audio, recording video, mm. you need to learn so many things. It was a completely different skill that branched out to, uh, to, to so many different skills that I needed to learn right now. I need to learn about lighting which was something that I didn't ever thought about it, about cameras, about um, how, to, how to edit a video correctly, how to edit a video on point with the music. And this is something that you need to learn, of course, from the internet. And we are really fortunate that we have all this content and all these people that can help us. Uh, and at the same time, yes, you need some kind of, mentors from the internet if you can find a real one like my programming professor when i was mm -hmm. 15 it will be great it will be something completely different but uh, you need to find people that can inspire you and i like to say that you are the average of the five people that are in the same room as you you're this is of course this is not mine so you're 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 someone that uh, that uh, influenced by people around you so if you don't have uh, the environment the correct environment in your home or in your office you need to build it in your uh, in your computer so i tried to to create a really specific uh, subscriptions on youtube i subscribe only to people that inspire me teach me things and, and so on and so forth so i have a a, a feed of uh, videos that Every day they taught me something different. They inspire me to do something new. They give me new ideas. For example, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, of course, yeah. is someone that can... Uh, I, I think that I, I read uh, all or most of his books, which is really good. Oh, at the same time, I think that someone that everyone should do is to start going to the uh, audiobook game. Mm. Uh, because uh, for me personally, I don't have time to sit and read a book, but at the same time, I have time that I'm driving, I'm walking, I go for a run. So uh, I read books only when I, do, when I do something else, watching, driving, and so on. And uh, only in this time, I have the ability to read about two books every month, I guess, which is time that it is completely wasted when you just listen to music. So if you take uh, podcasts, uh, books, uh, you, can, you can start educating yourself in the time that it is already wasted. And, mm -hmm. my, and the most important trick that I can give you for this segment is to not only to read uh, audiobooks, but at the same time to start develop, developing your, your mind in order to have the ability to read them in 2x or even two and a half x which means that a book that it is about 12 hours you can read it in five hours four hours which is incredible of course for if 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 i try to to play the the, the book that i have right now it is in uh, 3x i guess and it is something that you, you can't even understand yeah. but you build it you start from 1x 1.5 1.10 and so on mm -hmm. and then you go to you, you start because think about it if you have if, if you can read 1000 books in your life because we have finite amount of time with this trick you have the ability to read 
2000 book. <laughs> This is this is game changing. This yeah. is something that completely changes the the time that you have. And at the same time, you read these books when you don't do things, yeah. when you're driving, when you're working. So, it is it is something that everyone in this space needs to do. From my personal point of view, of course. That's interesting. I have a good friend who does that, and he. He said he got so used to it, he almost couldn't listen to regular things. Yes, I, I think like it is in slow motion in my head. All my courses, when I take a course on Udemy, Coursera, every time it is in 2x. And right now, I can't listen to them because 2x is too slow for me right now. So, and, 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 and this platform don't give me the ability to have 2.5x or 3x, which is the regular for me. So yeah. this is something that you will be that will be used to it, and of course it's even uh, more easy if if English is easier for you because I'm from Greece. So <laughs> it was even more difficult That's for me. Wild. When I started uh, learning my first course, when I took my first course on uh, Coursera, I didn't know English. I know only the ba- uh, I knew only the basics. So on a Dex, sorry, and the Dex has uh, uh, subtitles. Yeah. So I started and uh, copy the subtitles, paste them in the Google Translate. Oh my God. Try to learn this way. I, a course that it is about 10 hours, it took me 30, 40, 50 hours because I needed to stop in every single line, copy, paste, and try to understand from Google Translate. And five years ago, Google Translate was trust. Yeah. yeah. So. If you want to learn something, I'm sure that you can do it and I'm sure that you can find the way to do it. You need to have the fire to learn and the fire to build, which is two completely different things. Yeah, yeah that's good advice. That's, that's good advice. I, I've always had that fire to learn myself and I only recently had to start developing it, maybe in the last five years to build because I've had a lot of individual contributor type work I've had to do and uh, they are totally separate. Totally. And, and this is and this is something that you build over time because mm. many people uh, ask me how I can work for 14 hours a day and uh, because some people uh, watch my vlogs that I do something in every single hour of my day and they don't understand how I'm so productive. The, the key is that I am actually not productive. Uh, my uh, When I started... Uh, something that don't people know about me is that when I was uh, 12 or 13 years old, I wasn't good at school. Mm-hmm. I was terrible at math. Mm-hmm. I didn't know programming and I wanted to become, uh, I wanted to play violin in an, or- in an orchestra, viola in an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, some, and uh, I found uh, when I was uh, 14, 15 years old, I found my professor that start teaching me programming. So I start learning the idea about programming, how to code, and I start thinking that this is interesting. This is something that I can do for the rest of my life or or as a job. So I start going to the next level and thinking that how I can do that, how I can go to a university that can give me this type of education. So uh, one thing after another, I went from not uh, not reading anything, not studying, not working on anything from really good, really bad grades from school to something that when I was in my first year on the university, I was doing at the same time 
my university studies and my research, which, which from time based, uh, my time management was insane. And this kept me going and start building on that. So it is something that you need to build, you need to learn, your, your body needs to learn, your mind needs to learn how to study, how to work, how to be productive, how to stay in front of your computer for 10, 11, 12 hours. So, mm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because you're saying build it, like learn that and build it up. And I've heard a lot of people say that you need to start with really small goals to get that belief of working and seeing the result. Because if someone hasn't had that or hasn't built to a certain level, I think looking at someone like you that works for 14 hour days does seem like, how do they do it? But I've heard so many people like you, uh, John Fishman is a YouTuber. He's a, he's a CS uh, undergrad who talks about the same thing saying, I didn't used to be good at studying, you know, and then I got really good through just developing it and seeing all these results I was producing and getting addicted to that process of improving better results. You know, for you too, looking ahead and seeing that if I do these things, I'm then going to have these opportunities because of it. I feel like it becomes exactly. mo motivating at that point. And it's like an engine. Exactly. exactly. And at the same time, don't forget that when you build a foundation of knowledge, because uh, think about yourself like a company, mm -hmm. you need to, uh, you need you can't go to machine learning immediately. You need to build a foundation of algorithmic thinking, Python, C++. Then you need to go to math. Then you need to combine all this together. Then you need to go to machine learning. So the idea is not only that your body, your body learn to adapt and learn to work harder, but at the same time for you, it's even easier to understand these uh, these ideas because you already uh, build an intuition around programming, around computer science, around math. So it is everything. Everything that you learned after a point, it is it is become easier and easier to learn the next one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely that's definitely true as well. That's interesting. So I guess my last question would be. Oh man, I could ask you all day about the motivation stuff and entrepreneur stuff. I'll watch your channel. Um, but the, the last one is just, is there anything else that I didn't ask you that I should have, or that you'd like to talk about? Uh, I guess <clears throat> we, could, we can talk a bit more about uh, research, which I think that mm -hmm. not so many people uh, will uh, will continue and will continue this path, but I think that there is not enough content out there about PhD research and hardcore computer science. So I think that uh, people don't know about that. For example, when I talk about uh, with people about programming, most of the time uh, he will think about programming like websites, applications. That's it. So. Most people don't have the education, don't see enough content on YouTube in order to see what is meant to be a researcher, what is mean, and don't know if they actually like this path. So uh, the idea about research, uh, I started with, uh, with research when I was at uh, the second year of my university. Uh, I worked with uh, computer vision, as I already told you. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea was to build something that can actually help people. Mm -hmm. Because 
uh, it is completely different to know how to create an algorithm, how to create an app, how to create a computer vision idea, and completely different to create a product that can uh, that can be used from a user easily and help me and help him in his day-to-day -day life. So the idea is to help visual impaired people to learn the books, as you already told, and. Um, it was a device after we worked in this device for about one or one and a half year. Of course, it was really important that I had my professor and sometimes you need to have someone to guide you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it will start from university, but sometimes, and I want to see if this is even possible, and I'm sure that it is, that someone start research without university. And uh, I, want, uh, I want to research about that and I want to even find a way to do something like that in philosophy and coding. Uh, because research is something that uh, you create something innovative. You don't just use blocks, as we told, blocks of code, blocks of functions, and you put them together. But you have any idea. I had an idea. This, this, this device is uh, glasses mm -hmm. with a micro camera. Mm -hmm. that uh, a visually impaired person can take a book, can hold the book, and after that, the system recognizes the image and then starts to dictate the words to a headset for the user. Mm -hmm. So this has a whole development for the hardware, of course, and then we need to create a way for the visually impaired person to uh, bring the book to the correct position. Mm. At the same time, with a communication with the user. At the same time, we had to create a system that can separate the pages from the mm. book, the lines, the words, understand what a letter actually say. Because for the book, for the for the computer, a letter, for example, the number two, is only. Uh, zeros and ones it is only numbers so if you have uh, white uh, your computer see 20, uh, 255 if you have uh, black your computer see zero so if you think about it it's really difficult to understand from an image that has numbers the shape of the letters and understand that this image is two when you understand that of course you can dictate this to the user which is a completely different idea but uh, the place that I want to end this this part of the conversation is to is to try to go deeper into different uh, fields and not only to applications and websites, which are of course great ways to find a job. It, it, they are really interesting because when you start, you want something that you can actually see the results. When you have an application, you change something and you have an actual result in your application. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is really good to go a step further, uh, go deeper to your knowledge and try to find out other uh, other fields of computer science like uh, machine learning that we talked about. You can work with uh, astrophysics, uh, with computer science, understand. For example, if you know computer vision, you can take a picture from the sky with the stars and you can understand the pattern of the stars or you can understand how far is the star depending on the image. You have so many different ideas, so many different things that you can do, that you can build, that can help people, that can help the scientific community. When you go a step further to your uh, knowledge, to your education. Mm -hmm. 
No, that's good. I like that. It's like, it's, uh, it's like exactly like the, the name philosophy behind coding. What's yes. going on under the hood. Uh, I like that. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm going to cut the recording and we can chat after, but I really appreciate the time. That was some like, awesome information and certainly the first conversation I've had about research. Yes, this was great. This was great. Thank you very much for having me here.